0: cougs house all right so i'm looking at the houston football roster right now i'm looking at the guys coming in looking at the guys going out here's your hot take houston cougars wide receiver you you heard it here first let's break it down you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougs Daily Podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth. here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, can step by. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, you can get the news feed in your podcast or your podcast in your news feed each day. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Thank you for making us your first listen today. If you're finding us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and comment. As we approach four, I guess we're almost to four hundred now. Uh, as we approach 500, and we're going to get another giveaway with our buddies at Sparkle this time behind us. Um, we're going to be giving some stuff away with them at 500 subscribers. Uh, to be entered to win, you need to A, make sure we get there so you hit subscribe so we can get there. And B, you need to make sure that you uh, comment so we know who to give the stuff away to. If you can't think of something to say, please tell us whether you like Cheez-Its or Goldfish. Now, today's episode, I was going to break down some stuff with Houston Recruiting. And then it struck me, uh, Houston is becoming wide receiver U. I think they're the best wide receiver room looking into next season in the Big 12. And uh, I think that's impressive to say as he move from the American into the Big 12 to say we're coming in with the best wideout room. So we're going to break that down in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to look at a weaker side of the ball and look at uh, how Houston is filling up their DBs. And in the third segment, we're going to kind of preview what may come in more football offseason uh, episodes and look at some other A, transfers in, and B, Guys that are competing for positions, say the least. But as I was looking to start this episode in this first segment, um, I was looking at on Tuesday, Houston had a bunch of kids from both the transfer portal and all over the country uh, commit and uh, say they're coming to University of Houston, which felt kind of coordinated almost. Um, it was a cool thing. I mean, it was just like boom. Five minutes later, boom. Five later, just over and over and over again. A bunch of guys coming to Houston, and very quickly I was like, oh, these are all a bunch of like. 5'10 to 6'3, long arms, fast, good vertical, good, sp- like, good explosive speed. And I was like, oh, these are all wide receiver types. And I think what's impressive is as I look at our wide receiver room, I really see top to bottom as good of room as anyone in the conference. And that's, cons- you know, especially good considering Houston graduated or is, uh, losing to the NFL draft, I should say. Tank Dell, uh, projected third round pick. He was the number one. In- player in the country in receiving yards and touchdowns, and number two in overall receptions. You'll also see Keyshawn Carter go to the NFL draft. I'm seeing some late-round projections for him as well. What I bet happened to Keyshawn Carter is he realized that's as good of the season as he's going to have because he looked at the wide receiver room behind him. And so you see both of them heading off to the NFL um, and you'd think like, okay, Houston's going from the American to the Big 12. They lose two wideouts to the Big 12. Or, sorry, two wideouts to the NFL. How could they get much better at the wide receiver position. Well, last year's star freshman uh, from Klein, uh, from Klein just out, you know Houston born his own Matthew Golden in just eleven games at thirty eight catches, five hundred eighty four yards, and seven touchdowns. And of course, we all remember the big long score. Uh, anyway, he's he's a big like deep threat kind of guy uh, in last year's offense. What I'm interested to see in this year's offense is with Hank Dell gone, what kind of role. Holgerson and folks start putting him in as early as spring ball, frankly. Um, but Matthew golden will be an NFL football player. He's an NFL caliber wide receiver for sure has the size and the speed. Uh, we saw his you know versatility on offense this season. Um, but I also think it's worth pointing out that like, you know, I, at what does it have him listed here? NFL side. Yeah, he's got all he's got, he's tall enough, strong enough. And, um, I just I think his increased role next season, as we get into other guys, is going to be impressive to see. Regardless of who plays quarterback, um, the other guy coming back is Sam Brown. Sam Brown is a fourth, entering his fourth year, rising sophomore. Um, now, Sam Brown started off at West Virginia, had a COVID year and a redshirt year, and then played his official freshman year last year at Houston. Uh, however, the veteran sophomore, if that's possible, <laughs> uh, had. 41 catches for four touchdowns, 471 yards last season. Um, he kind of came into the fold, had to work his way in the lineup a little bit because it was kind of a crowded group of receivers. Houston also had a tight end, Christian Trahan, who may get an NFL look. We'll see, I guess he is committed to the draft. We'll see where he gets drafted. His projections are kind of all over the place. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but he caught a number of balls and Houston likes to throw it out of the backfield as well. So lots of stuff going on there. We'll see how that works for Sam Brown. Obviously, uh, Joseph Manjack came back to the city of Houston, originally from Tomball. He'd gone out to USC to start his college career and came back to U of H. He only got to play in five games. He's only healthy for five games. Uh, I think last I saw, he is getting a red shirt on the season. And so he'll be back next year as a junior. If My math serves me correctly. Uh, he played just five games at 15 catches, 158 yards and a touchdown this season. But he is again, was a all everything type of recruit coming out of high school. And Took the pro size off, so that in and of itself is a fairly impressive three wideouts golden, brown, and man jack. Um, that's not to mention like Peyton, sorry, be a, a senior and he had you know a big couple of big plays throughout the season as well, kind of rotating in at a fifth and sixth spot. Um, but then you look at who Houston's bringing in. We talked about it in a couple episodes ago, last at football episode we did about a Harrison pilot the top-ranked offensive recruit in the class uh, for Houston, a four-star kid, uh, could have gone anywhere he wanted, had more offers than any other high school kid in the state of Texas to go play college football, an athlete. Um, and based on, at you know, in, at uh, Temple High School, he did everything, quarterback, running back, safety, corner, uh, wide receiver, all of it. He's an extremely fluid route runner, got great feet, um, big strong hands to go up and get jump balls as well. So I think his natural position, an athlete will be wide out. Um, there's some people talking about, will he be a slot running back type at some point? I, I think he's a wide out um, that can kind of go inside and outside at the wide receiver position. He's got the versatility, but I don't know if he'll be in the back a whole lot. Um, so that's obviously another guy that's going to be in the rotation. I imagine he's an impact starter, you know, at worst third receiver off the bat, right? Like I, I think he beats out Man Jack as good as Man Jack was when he played um, just because, uh, of the speed, like like the in and out of break speed not necessarily like track speed, straight line, but like in and out of breaks He doesn't seem to lose anything as he throttles his feet down. Uh, another big wide out coming in is Jonah Wilson. Jonah Wilson is quite literally a big wide out coming in. He's a four star kid, uh, from Spring, Texas. He comes in at six two one ninety five, 195, already a fade threat, already a jump ball threat. And he, I know, at 6-2 he's not like an, an NBA power forward, he's not like one of the Houston Cougar basketball team power forward. But he goes up, like, box out, get rebounds on jump balls in a way that's really, really impressive to see. Um, chose Houston over Texas, Arkansas, and Baylor. So clearly, Dana was not the only one to see that he had high-end, big 12-caliber talent, but he's the one that got him, right? So shouts to Dana for pulling that kid in. Jacoby Banks, five, nine, more scatty kind of receiver. Uh, was a high school quarterback, super, super shifty. Um, gonna be interesting to see how he transitions to wide receiver. I imagine gets the red shirt because again, he's changing positions and the wide receiver room is kind of stocked and you kind of want to make sure you get as many years with him in the program as possible because golden or Brown could very well declare early from the NFL draft and not finish their full four years at Houston. So you want to make sure that you've got some guys filling behind them as you go. Uh, the kind of l- left off guy, the high school kids coming in is Ryan Wallace, um, 6'3, 185, chose Houston over Boston college and Eastern and Car- East Carolina. Um, I, I think what's interesting about him is that like he was kind of a, a deep threat that uh in his high school division he was in didn't have a lot of need for the jump ball because he could outrun guys. But then he's a multi sport athlete too. And so I, I wonder if you could see him turning into a jump ball kind of guy as well at 6'3, 185. Um, I also imagine though he gets a redshirt, right? We're talking about so many guys in the receiver room because we haven't even started talking about transfers. Um Stephon Johnson from Oklahoma state is transferring and he's uh, nicknamed Boogie Johnson because that's what he does best. He's a super, super shifty guy. Um, the last play you probably saw of him was a sports center caliber play in their bowl game. He took a screen pass 84 yards, to the house against Wisconsin. He's a high end big 12 caliber football player and was already in the wide receiver rotation at Oklahoma state. And, Looked like he was going to be in it even more so next season. So Houston stole one there after he entered the the transfer portal. But I think we can say it's safe to say that like he was already catching a lot of balls for them. And so it's not like Houston getting some guy that couldn't cut it there. It's he looked for an upgrade and saw what Houston does in offense and wants to come be a part of what Tankdale does or what uh, Kishon Carter was a part of or whatever. Right. Um, Joshua Cobbs is coming back to uh, Texas as well, state of Texas as well. He's a vertical threat that was originally at Wyoming. Um, I think what's interesting about him is he got to Wyoming and got stuck in one of these traditional doesn't pass the ball a lot type of offenses. And so um, as a big, strong kid, it'll be interesting to see how he translates as a vertical threat at Houston as well. We mentioned several big, strong kids, several shifty kids, a couple kids like Golden or Harrison Pilot that kind of do both things and so suddenly uh you've got a lot of options at the u of h and houston is turning into the place that has all of these wideouts and all of these options and that got cemented on tuesday with a handful of these guys committing on tuesday of last week of this past week i should say and suddenly if you're houston you got to feel confident about that room because all of a sudden you've got all this nfl caliber talent um, you've got Dana Holgerson is an air raid type of guy. You're entering entering a conference that like is not known for its past defense. Suddenly, it's like, oh man, we got a real chance to score a lot of points here if we can find the right guy to get the ball to them. Um, interestingly enough, like this is the same school that has had pro wide receivers in the past. Uh, you think about like the air raid Case Kingdom days, like they've put guys all over the league. I think what's funny is that like marcus jones would be like the standout like pass catcher technically i guess right now because he's had some wild highlight pass catch or he's caught some wild highlight plays as a wide out in new england even though he's technically a db and kick returner um, which kind of segues me into my second segment when i want to talk a little bit about the dbs in a moment but first i want to talk to you about betonline.net now betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to uh, the college football season. Just wrapped up. They had all those on there. uh, basketball, college and pro, etc. They've got all a bet online.net. If you love sports podcast, you can find those over there as well. Fastest and easy way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use Modifieds to learn more. Bet line is where the game starts. My bet, I, I guess a few days ago, I actually went through all of them. I'm not doing that every day. I will say that, uh, I would recommend they got Dallas favored by three three on the road at uh, Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Don Brady's not losing by more than three at home. So I'm going to say that that's going to be a closer game than three points. And that's where you should go bet at betonline.net. Because betonline is where the game starts. Um. All right. So... As I look at this, you know, Houston receiver room, it's got the best in the Big 12. Um, some really, really talented pass catchers. That I can't wait to look at it in spring ball. On the other side of the ball, uh, Houston's defense, I think, was, uh, we'll say, troublesome at times throughout the Amer- their last in the American Conference. And what's fascinating is, the, like, Sac Avenue, their pass rush, their uh, defensive line, was actually as good as it gets across the pro football-focused scores um, Houston's defensive line had a really, really high score week in and week out um, led the team. As far as the defense goes in their pa- uh, pro football focus grade, which is like rank, like scoring you based on if you're in the right place, at the right time based on what it looks like you're running and what the offense is doing, et cetera, right? The defensive line was the best group week in, week out, uh, all 13 games. Houston defense, line scored the best of any unit. Um, you know, their tackling, I guess, as a unit, as a defense, was kind of their lowest score. But their next lowest score or the next lowest unit, because tackling is all three levels of the defense, was their coverage in nine of the 13 games. That means in nine of their 13 football games, uh, the defensive backs were in the, or had like the least percentage of plays. where they were in the right place at the right time? Um, now, admittedly, um, in past happy offenses in modern football, I think they get exploited differently. Um, sometimes you go in like a nickel or dime package, you have less linebackers in the field. So it like might throw off your scores there a little bit, but as a whole, that's not great. Uh, especially when I'm, as I mentioned, you're heading into the big 12, which is a lot of pass happy offenses. Um, and suddenly you got to replace some DBs. Admittedly, we mentioned Marcus Jones at the end of the first segment. Um, they lost, he and Marion Williams to the NFL after the 2021, uh, 12 and two season and didn't really replace them, right? Um, and that that really proved to be a problem in the 2022 season, especially when you're playing a bunch of one-score games, right? Um, giving up one or two cheap ones over the top when you play that many one-score games can really be a problem. And so, A, I think Dana would tell you, um, or Coach Doug Belk, for sure, the defense coordinator would tell you that like part of the plan is just to mature and grow the guys they've got, right? Um, they believe in the guys they've got, and they want to see them grow up. However... Um, needless to say, in some of the signings that they've made, both one big one in the transfer portal and a handful of kids at a high school, they clearly think that there's some talent upgrades to be had. Um, the biggest name of the bunch is Adari Halsey. Uh, he is a safety transfer coming in uh, from New Mexico, and honestly, he's the kind of safety who'll probably also play some nickel corner. He, um, you know, under recruited at a high school, and it's probably because he can kind of do. He's a really, really good like coverage safety and that's a unique position to be you know scouting in high school because he's built like a safety but covers more like in the someone that closer you know closer to the ball as opposed to an outside one-on-one type corner but you know those kind of things can be hard to scout and now that he's coming into big 12 playing big 12 football i'll be interested to see what kind of things dana and belk put him or what kind of assignments he puts them on um leading in big plays leading in tackles and new mexico and i think that those are all really really important things to keep in mind when looking at um, at a transfer coming in, because if he's going to be stepping up in uh, stepping up in divisions, I should say, and divisions is probably not the right word. It's all D one football, but going into the Big Twelve, suddenly like those guys you're covering are no longer good college players, but they're like probable NFL players, like Big Twelve wide receivers going the NFL at a very high rate. Um, so I think that he'll be interesting to see play that like nickel, nickel safety corner type. Um, but around him, Houston did bring in one solid corner out of high school. Uh, that is Michael Patterson. Now, Michael Patterson's the highest rated uh defensive back coming in, uh, second highest defensive player coming in uh, from high school ranks to the University of Houston from Fort Bend Marshall. He is a 5'10, 165. Spark plug kind of corner. Um, he is you know, your classic like he he's five ten. You think you throw the jump ball and he jumps up and pulls it down kind of guy. Um, he is really really impressive athletically. I wonder if he's going to get in the field a lot as a freshman or if Houston kind of like works him in over the course of the season. And you might see him more like towards the end of the season or in a bowl game. Than you see in like the start of the season, which the rumor is is TCU, right? Um, so we'll see how that goes for him. But he's the only true corner on the list. And I think it's interesting to see that like Houston feels comfortable enough in some of their guys that they're not going to like try and replace um try and replace all of them by any stretch. They brought in a handful of their safeties though. Uh, Jamal Shaw is a big rangy hitter that Houston brought in. Uh, Jamal Shaw is listed at 61180 he went to the heralded West orange Stark high school football or as a member of that program. Um, the same kind of program that puts out like Earl Thomas at safety, right. Um, big, big, strong, smaller school from orange, Texas. Um, but West orange Stark is a big time program. And, um, he was a big time playmaker for them. I'm mean, interested to what he does now. I was Earl Thomas would be, I mean, Earl Thomas is a probable hall of famer, right? So like, would that be great? Yes. Uh, is there a lot of room to be really, really good and not Earl Thomas, I guess so too. Um, I was interested in John Barba's uh, 5'11", 165, because he's from Roswell, Georgia. And while Houston's got – the University of Houston's got a connection to some of these Georgia guys because they also brought in a defensive lineman from the uh, state of Georgia. He's the guy I am the least about because I'm trying to learn more about Georgia high school football to see who we're bringing in. Now, he is very highly ranked um, as far as things go. He's a a high-level three-star. Roswell is like – uh, Roswell Centennial looks like a decent sized football program. Uh, he was a top hundred safety in the country. Um, and and that's, you know, a fairly touted position across the class of 2023. So I think he'll be all right. I just I don't know enough about Georgia football, like put him in context. Um, I was very impressed, though, by speaking of other state kids. Uh, Jalen Stanford is coming to Houston from Jinx High School. The Herald, like Jinx is like the top high school program year in year out is always competitive historic program in Oklahoma um he was a two-way guy there that means in the at a historic football high school at the highest level of high school football the state of Oklahoma offers he's playing two ways and I saw him on some special teams clips as well um he's a running back on offense and frankly he plays safety kind of down in the box almost like a fast linebacker and what I thought was fascinating about him is like He's only listed at 5'11", uh, and I guess some places have him at uh, 175, some places have him at 185, so let's just say 180 split the difference. Um, he he will knock your teeth out. He is a real hitter as that kind of sa- box safety kind of guy. Um, and so I'm interested to see how that translates to the Big 12 because you don't see, because the spread offense is in the Big 12, a whole lot of box safeties. But then you'll also see like TCU has them stretched over the course of their success last season. Where they tried to run it down your throat. And so does he fit more in against those kind of schemes one day? Uh, how does he translate? How does he grow? And all of that. Um, all that is to say that I am interest interested in only bringing in one true corner. Again, I think, as I mentioned, Adari Halsey will play some corner uh, and we'll see what that looks like, but a bunch of safeties, which I would have thought, I always thought the love would have been more spread out as far as we were offering getting commits from. But uh, we'll see how that plays out before we jump in to looking at what the rest of the class kind of looks like and what other question marks there are to be had. Um, So let's let's look at some of those guys. First, obviously, the question mark talking about all spring and I'm going to mention it briefly here because I'm sure we'll do multiple full episodes on it when spring ball starts is the quarterback competition between Lucas Coley and Donovan Smith. Um, Just interesting what kind of offense Dana wants to put in with these two very different guys. They're both very, very different type of quarterbacks than uh longtime starter Clayton tune, right? Um, very different kind of offense. I would assume, but also with the, you know, wide receiver you Houston's turning into, as you mentioned at the top, like suddenly you kind of need to air it out some to, you know, make sure all the mouths get fed. Um, And so we'll see what they end up doing with all of that. I like watching Donovan Smith run the football and I'm not going to like be shy about it at this point on January 13th, 2023. He's who I think I'd pick as a starter, but I want a competition in the spring and I want to see what happens further. I'll say it again. Dana has always said he wants another quarterback in the room to compete. So it might not happen in this signing period. It might be after spring ball, You know, some kid gets to his college spring ball and realizes he's not going to be the starter and needs to go compete somewhere else, Um, they may add another one. Now, adding one after spring ball may be hard to start this fall, um, but we'll see. And I I wonder what's going to happen there. Um, As far as the big fellas up front go, Houston does return all five starters, which makes recruiting relatively easy because you're just recruiting to compete. And by that, I mean like you're just recruiting guys to come in and compete but as it stands, it looks like the only offensive lineman coming in uh, in this signing period or window unless something major changes. is Kane Bowie out of uh, Port Arthur Memorial. 6'3", 290, athletic kid uh, for for an offensive lineman for sure. Great feet. Plays on his toes in the best way. I guess I should clarify, like, not every play. Do you want to play on your toes? Sometimes you want your heels in the ground. Um, but plays on his toes in the best way. Mirrors, pass rushes very well. Um I imagine he's a guard at this level, which probably means he needs to put on some weight. I don't know if we'll see much of him, especially with five returning starters, unless someone's got to pull the emergency switch, right? Um, the other guy we got to talk about some is uh, linebacker commit uh, from the transfer portal, Ish Harris. Now, Ish Harris is a former four-star high, high caliber recruit from that Herald Texas A&M 2022 signing class, right? Now, at, when he got there, he didn't play much at A&M um, and so he got redshirted and all that and a and A&M had a terrible season. Anyway, if you go back and watch his highlight from Pilot Point, Texas, when he played at Pilot Point High School, which is like kind of almost in Oklahoma, but I guess north of DFW. Um, he played at a school that was the kind of size where he played every position as a linebacker type build. Right, He was a Wildcat quarterback, a linebacker, a fullback, a, li- uh, a downhill safety. When they put a bunch of guys in the box, and he had to go cover somebody. Uh, he was the 35th ranked linebacker in the country. Um, he was the 50th ranked player in Texas in the country um, when he graduated high school. I, I think as a whole, it's, it's worth pointing out that like so at 6'3", 205, he's ready to come play. And he, he was an a program. He knows what high-level football practices and games look like. And I think he's the kind of kid that really will come in and start, maybe not day one of spring ball, but certainly day one of fall ball, right? Like when the games really start going, he's a kid that's going to be an impact downhill player. Um, while his high school team has him covering guys outside the box, I wonder um, what his role as linebacker will be. Like, will he be kind of like Donovan Mooten, where he goes like, tackle, stays inside the tackle box playing side to side, um, and kind of like scrapes inside, outside that way. We'll be playing kind of more at the edge and outside and covering because he's kind of an in-between size and there's not enough a tape to see him move around at the college level in high school. Life, he's the best athlete on the field. And so it's not really translatable as I see it. Um, we'll see some in spring ball though. And so I guess we'll get to see more of it in that instance. Um, spring ball is going to be fun. There's a lot of competition all over the field. And frankly, it, the field's gonna have the big 12 logo on it. Like there's a whole different set of stakes here going on the big 12 was in the national championship game kind of i guess if you call it tcu'd be it do you call that being in the national championship game anyway uh big 12 was representing the national championship game and we're representing ourselves in the big 12 next season and so the competition is going to be steep this spring a lot of spots to up for grabs and again the best wide receiver room in the conference so we get to watch all of that this spring and more We'll be talking about it all spring long at Locked on Cougs. We got, just got a few days here for between basketball games, so I figured we might as well get some football talk in, as well because we had such an exciting week in signing all these guys. Um, make sure you find me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. We can talk about foot, Cougar football if you'd like. At Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H, five, on Twitter, Instagram, and all your various social media handles. Again, that's Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram and everything. We'll talk Cougar football. Cougar basketball. Monday's episode is going to be a little bit different, a little MLK day kind of thing, looking at some like, Houston Cougar history. And then we're going to start getting ready for Houston Cougar basketball to pick back up. Um, only one game this week for Houston Cougar basketball, so we're kind of getting into some more regular game kind of stuff next week. Um, uh, big game against Tulane, I guess, on Tuesday, but then they start heading towards a big matchup WCF UCF down the road, so we'll talk about that uh, in a more regular in-season kind of feel next week week um again find me at page 512 we'll talk about Houston Cougars we'll talk about uh sneakers the Rockets the Astros whatever you like thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day if you're looking for a second listen of the day I'm gonna recommend Locked On College Basketball because even on days the Houston Cougars aren't playing college basketball is having a really fun season uh it feels like there's a lot of parody across all of the NCAA landscape except that we're the best team, of course. And so you can make sure you check all of them out in the national show that is Locked On College Basketball. It's brand new this season, so go check it out. Make them your second listen. Locked On the is probably the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team, or in our basketball team's case, the number one team in the country every day. Go coops.